It's episode 323 of Crack the Customer Code, and customer is literally our middle name. Jeannie, can I pay you for your attention? You know what? I feel like there is a cost <laughs> to paying attention to you anyway. <laughs> uh, so it's about time. It's about time. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I've I've considered it. Um, I think there's going to be a probably a difference in our perceived market value of what your attention is worth. <laughs> but uh, you know, we can we can negotiate. Well, that's that's awfully kind of you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you know one one thing about the world today, and I think we all know this, is attention is incredibly valuable. Our attention's valuable. I consider my attention very valuable. I'm sure you do the same. And our customers' attention is valuable. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this is a true, you know, today in this noisy, crowded world, attention is an integral part of the customer experience and how we approach customer service. I totally agree. And I also think that it's not talked about in the positive as much as it should be. We talk a lot about the negative ways that we're distracted or attention is split up. And our conversation today is really focused on the positive side of, you know, what happens when you pay attention and what are the proactive ways we can pay attention to our customers and our colleagues and all around us, our communities. So it's a powerful conversation, but I love it because it's positive. It's not just the negative side of things. It's really about what are what is great about paying attention. Exactly. And you know what we had to do to make this episode happen, Jeannie? Pay attention. Nope. We had to pay attention to our next guest, Neen James. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Get your segues in, Jeannie. Get your segues in. <laughs> Well, I am happy to tell you all about Neen. Neen James is the author of Folding Time and Attention Pays. In 2017, she was named one of the top 30 leadership speakers by Global Guru because of her work with companies like Viacom, Comcast, and Abbott Pharmaceuticals, among others. Neen has boundless energy, we can attest to this, is quick-witted, and always offers powerful strategies for paying attention to what matters so you can get more done and create more significant moments at work and home. Neen is the kind of speaker that engages, educates, entertains, and delivers the real-world solutions that apply in your organization, your home, and your community. She also provides one-on-one consulting in a variety of leadership topics and loves serving her audiences. Neen, we're so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us. G'day. What a treat to serve your listeners today. I've been so looking forward to this. Well, we are super excited. I got to see you at the uh, Secret Service Summit a while back, and you were fantastic. Completely rocked the room, and I knew we had to have you on the show. And you are talking about attention. And I don't have much attention, but I do when you speak. So that's the first thing that's very important. But you talk, you talk about the commercialization of attention. So tell us what you mean by that. 
you know, think of attention in different ways. Businesses have got very clever. I do a lot of work in the media and my clients have worked out, especially if you look at advertising, they have worked out how to get you to pay attention. And what they're doing is investing in the most significant things like technology to track your eyeballs of where you look at on a screen. And so it's fascinating if you look even in the advertising world, if you look in the movie world, about how people are learning to commercialize attention. So businesses have worked out that when they can look at how you're paying attention, they can design things accordingly. But I think what's happened is many businesses are getting left behind because they're not realizing the value of attention. And when we pay attention to our clients, they come back. When we pay attention to our team, we can attract and retain the top talent. So you can look at the commercialization of attention in multiple ways, good and bad. (laughs) Can we talk about the attention of a 13-year-old eighth grader who <laughs> lives in my house they are paying attention it's just maybe not the way you want yes, them to exactly. they're paying attention to their friends through texting and through snapchat mm-hmm. and through social media their form of paying attention is maybe different to what you would like them to do as their parent well this is true this is true this is a conversation <laughs> that's top of mind lately but you know when you say i love the way you talk about this and and when you say attention pays What does that really mean? Well, let's think about the fact that, you know, when we think about your 13-year-old, you know, when kids are little, we say pay attention. Our teachers tell us to pay attention. (laughs) Everyone tells us to pay attention. It's quite annoying. But really attention pays. And if we think about this from a business point of view, if you have customers who enjoy their interactions with you and it feels like they're getting intentional attention instead of transactional attention, they're going to be more likely to recommend you. Therefore, you can build customer advocates. You can think about when you're thinking about the the journey that your customers are on with you, that you can help to really delight them, to surprise them, to make them feel like they're the most important customer to you. And when you do that, they stay with you and they recommend you to others. So there's obviously there's commercial opportunities there. But it's also important when you think about the customers who come into your place of business or interact with you on the telephone or they connect with some of your team members through online messaging. If they feel like you're giving them that attention, And the team members that work for you are feeling like as a company, you're paying attention to them. You're having the ability to keep that really great talent who becomes a brand representative for you. And that's important. And that's how attention pays as well. But it also pays us when you think about the relationships we have outside of business, those personal relationships we have where we have deeper quality connections with people. And so payment doesn't necessarily always mean just money in your bank account. It could be that you feel like you're seen and heard as a human, and that is really powerful as well. So I think attention pays personally, and that's really about who deserves your attention and and, and kind of being thoughtful, but it's also professionally, and that is what deserves your attention and that's about being productive. Attention pays through profitability, through also driving accountability, getting people to do what they say they're going to do. But also, I think it drives an incredible amount of productivity where people will do what they say they're going to do. So that profitability, accountability, and also productivity. Oh, I love that. And I want to be sure, Neen, that I actually understand the concept. So I'll give you a little hypothetical and you tell me if I'm getting this right. So Jeannie, when you were asking your question, I was paying attention. Pay me. (laughs) 
Pay me now. Uh, I Ven, Venmo me. Yeah, <laughs> I think I miss, the balance is a little off. Did I misinterpret? <laughs> Am I not getting it? <laughs> but I wonder too, though, Adam. That's a really good point, right? So, what is payment? Is payment the fact that you know Jeannie's not on devices and she's listening intently and giving you her undivided attention, or is payment that you're being paid to do a job and that's really important? So it's actually a really you joke and you're right. But when we think about this, we are paid as employees for some companies to pay attention to the customers we serve and the internal clients that we work with. And so that means also honoring that payment structure and delivering on our company objectives and delivering for our performance review and making sure that we're not wasting time and we're not you know, procrastinating and we're not, you know, on social media or doing all those personal things that we need to do when someone else is paying us. So attention pays as a concept has this ripple effect, not just personally, professionally, but also globally and taking care of the planet that we, we live on. And that's what I like. I like looking at that for exactly what you're saying, Neen, which is, you know, we talk about from the standpoint of customer service or customer experience, right? Being focused on the customer, being customer centric. Well, that's a form of attention. So let's take everything you said and let's wrap it into the idea of design and the customer journey. So, you know, what are some ways to think about really making sure your team is paying attention, you know, to sort of design that attention and that customer focus into the journey? I would love our listeners to think of every single touch point that they have. And as they map that journey with their customer, look for opportunities to accelerate the attention, right? So it could be in the way that people answer the phone. It might be when people walk into your space, whether it's retail or whether it is uh, patients in a hospital, or maybe you are running a practice. So thinking about the actual physical environment as well. What are people walking into? How are you making them feel important? How are you making them feel seen and heard? So every touch point we have, think about the simplicity of out-of-office messages on your email. Are they really congruent with your brand? Do they make the person feel important? Do they make the person feel seen and heard? The invoices you send, what kind of messages are on those? Every receipt that is printed, does it have something fun or representative of your brand? There are so many ways that we can pay attention in the customer journey through the way we acknowledge the way that we uh, paperwork, the products, the way we wrap things, the way that we acknowledge other team members we work with. Because if someone comes into your place of business, if you have a physical presence somewhere, they're also paying attention to the way that you treat the staff, that the way that the staff treat each other. And those moments, we can design attention into every touch point. And in a world where people are so incredibly distracted, in a world where people are very overwhelmed, in a world where people are very tired, we need to look for those additional touch points so the customer feels like they are the most important person we've talked to all day. Hallelujah. Yeah, I love that. And this, I mean, it falls right into my like geeking out about (laughs) all the (laughs) micro moments that we have. And And one of the things that comes up is this idea that that's all nice. This is all nice. And that would be a better world if we were all this thoughtful about all of those touch points. But what does it really mean for business results? So I'm curious if you have some examples of organizations that have used these ideas to drive actual business outcomes. 
You bet. I mean, let me give you an example. I have a Peloton. Now, a Peloton is a bike that goes nowhere. Let's be very clear. (laughs) A piece of home office, uh, I'm sorry, home gym equipment, right? And so, you know, most of the time we buy these treadmills or these bikes and they just sit in our basement and they end up being a clothes hanger for sometimes. But my Peloton, I'm obsessed with my Peloton, but let me tell you why. This Peloton is not just an exercise bike. What they have done as a brand, so John Foley is the CEO, they have created an entire community with touch points of attention constantly. For example, the bike has a tablet associated with it and so you can do basically rides with an instructor live in their New York studio, which beams to your tablet, or you can do them on demand. The instructors have been chosen for their personality. John's basically made them celebrities, but the instructors also build into the ride. They shout out people's names during the ride. Now, I am in my 40s. I know I sound like I'm five, but I am in my 40s. (laughs) And I get so excited when I hear my name shouted out from an instructor, right? It's so silly to me, but they have created these touch points constantly showing attention to home riders. They've built a studio in New York where you can go live and ride. They also make sure that their Facebook community, that there are instructors who are actively involved And so what they're doing is at every point where they know one of their home riders, the people who own this equipment, are going to interact with the company, even the simplicity of their chat that they use on their website. If you're on their website for moments, literally chat comes up as different options and it doesn't feel robotic. If you go into their studio, if you go into the boutique, the staff are super attentive. It's incredible to me that even if, like I did a ride in their studio, there were so many staff ready to help you adjust your bike, make sure you had water. Do you have a towel? Are you okay? And what they're doing is they are constantly looking for ways to pay attention to their very engaged, almost cult-like following. To the point too where John Foley, their CEO, will send emails to the membership about things he's thinking about. They solicit feedback from the people who own their products and ask them what improvements they would like to see. They're constantly asking their instructors to interact and they even have like a home rider invasion weekend where people who own the product all fly to New York to meet the instructors, to do classes. It's crazy, (laughs) but what they've done is they've built this culture of intentional attention, and I think that's what we all need to think about is how can we be more intentional with all of our touch points, those micro moments. I love that phrase that you used. We have every opportunity to make it super easy. It doesn't even have to cost anything. Imagine if we just started using all our customers' names. Mm -hmm. Using people's names is a no-cost attention-grabbing strategy, and people love the sound of their own name. Peloton has done a brilliant job of doing this. Well, because I follow you on Instagram and and social media, I've seen your love of Peloton. (laughs) So (laughs) I'll say that, but you and another friend um, both are – kind of at that same level of really responding to it. And my friend drove like three hours to go meet an instructor. And Mm -hmm. she posted, this is insane, but I cannot wait to meet this person. She's had such an influence over my life. And it was really cool to see that connection. And, you know, isn't that fascinating? Sorry to interrupt. And I've even hired one of the instructors as my personal trainer. So I do FaceTime sessions with her. And so when you think about how attention really pays. It really is if you feel like that person's taking care of you, like your friend who drove three hours by choice, right? That is 
beautiful from a brand point of view but it also shows how your friend feels aligned to that brand like they feel like they're part of the community so powerful that's right and I think the whole idea of you know I've been thinking a lot about this as you guys can tell because I brought up my 13 year old in the very beginning but uh this (laughs) whole uh demand for attention I think on this next generation we're really still figuring it out And I'll give you an example. When my son is assigned sometimes by his teachers in school to go on YouTube and watch a specific video. Well, what does YouTube do? They put on the side of that video all those things that he's really interested in. (laughs) You know, like (laughs) here are all the videos that you'd rather be watching right now. And we Mm -hmm. ask these kids to, no, just focus and pay attention. And what I've been trying to get across to him is, you have to kind of keep the goal in mind. You have to realize Mm -hmm. why you need to do this right now and what are the consequences if you don't. And I feel like there's this whole movement right now where things are kind of swinging back where people are saying, oh, we need to put our devices down. We need to have these personal conversations because it's a different level of attention. So I'm not sure where I'm going with this, except it's I've been thinking about a lot of the ways that we ask people to pay attention in almost untenable circumstances. And I think that's a new kind of uh, challenge that we're going to have to deal with because it's not really fair to say to people, I mean, and I, I'm, we're all speakers. We all ask our audiences tweet and do all these things, but you know, how can we manage all of that? How can we make sure that when they're looking down and they're tweeting that they're still in the moment with us. And so I think these are all just really interesting challenges that we're going to have to work on together to make sure that attention does continue to pay. It's a vital conversation we need to be having. We need to have this conversation in our workplace with our team that says our customers are our number one priority and we need to make sure that when they are with us, they are the center of our entire world. We need to have this conversation which is vital in our homes, which says how do we want to treat each other and how do we want to show that we care about you and what sort of guidelines do we need to put in place. But we also have to have this conversation in our communities. What does this mean if we're at church, with our alumni group, with our best friend. We need to think about how it impacts the planet that we live on and paying attention so that we are not losing so many species, that we are taking care of the resources we have. This conversation is vital right now. And I think to your point around we're making it really challenging for people, but I, I feel like technology is not the enemy of our attention. We are. We get to control when we pick up our device, what videos we click on, but you're right, we're making it really challenging for people, which when you think about designing the customer journey, it means we have to also think about those touch points. We need to have focus groups with our customers to ask them, what is it that you really value? What is it that's distracting you? What are some things we could do to enhance this? We've got to look at our physical environments. Are we creating environments where customers can pay attention? Are we giving them so many choices they're overwhelmed? We need to stop and look at this from an attention lens because when we do, we start to make better commercial decisions and then we make it easier for people to buy from us. We make it easier for people to refer us. But if we have so many things happening that they can't focus on anything, then what's going to happen is they're going to have a negative experience. Let's really do what we do well. And at the end of the day, that's all about thinking about who deserves your attention and what deserves your attention. Oh, wow. I I mean, I had a question for you, but then I saw this article about 
Ben Affleck dating one of the Kardashians. So I'm not really, I, I, I don't know. Um, no, just kidding. And, you know, I love that last part. I mean, and because one of the things that's interesting, we talk a lot about the emotional journey, right? That the, the peak end rule, what, what's that key emotion a customer is going to feel during the customer experience and the customer journey. And if that customer is distracted, if you haven't been able to grab that customer's attention during those key moments that you want to deliver, they're not going to feel them. They're not going right. to, it's not going to register and they're not going to have the memory, right? Yeah. One of my biggest compliments is when audiences, especially some of my younger audiences, they come up to me after I've done a keynote speech and they say, oh my God, you kept my attention the whole time. I didn't even check my email. I didn't even check my phone. <laughs> and that's hysterical to me because I'm very happy for them to tweet and do whatever they want. And if I'm not interesting, they're welcome to check their email. But to me, that's such a lovely compliment. And, you know, my best friend and I joke about the fact that we have barely any photos together and we joke because we don't even think to pull out our phone and do a selfie because we just so love being in each other's company and that's really intriguing to me it's not that selfies are bad I love taking selfies with people that I care about but it was a really interesting um, observation we made that we literally don't even touch our cell phone because we're so engaged. When I'm with my goddaughters, they are the absolute center of my attention and world at that moment, and they make me so happy. I don't want to do anything but be with them. And I think we need to get back to some of those fundamentals about thinking about, like I said, who deserves your attention and what deserves your attention. Well, you kept my attention this whole time, just so you know. <laughs> and it paid. And dividends. it paid. Exactly. Exactly. Well, this is, I love this conversation, as you can probably tell, because it is like, there, there are so many levels to it and so many layers to it. But at the end of the day, it's really not that complicated. It's really about being thoughtful and intentional. And I love the way you describe all that. So I hope everybody goes out and gets your book and really takes this to heart because it really is something that is bigger than just one thing or one outcome. It's bigger than one business. And uh, so keep up the good work. And if people would like to know more about you or this topic, what are the best ways they can find you online? The good thing is there's only one Neen James online. So if you go to N-E-E-N-J-A-M-E-S.com, NeenJames.com, you'll be able to find everything about the way that we serve audiences. And you can find Attention Pays, our latest book, anywhere where your favorite book is sold. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was just a delight. Thanks. It was a privilege. Thank you for letting me serve your listeners. I love what you're both doing in the world. You're making such a huge impact. Uh, as you. you are. Thank you so much, Neen. Jeannie? Yes. I'm paying attention. I don't really care about that. Pay me my <laughs> money. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, a fun discussion. I, I mean, it was fun, yes. <laughs> and I think the whole idea of how, you know, the flip side of that, there there is a cost to not paying attention. And yet there is all this rich reward for when we are intentional about it. And I thought that was a really great message for everybody and anything. I mean, it's not just about customer experience. It's really about life, right? Like, how do we do this in our daily life? Right, so, well, you, and Neen's so fun. Oh, she is awesome. I mean, yeah, you are what you focus on, right? I mean, and there's an opportunity cost to attention. Whatever you don't pay attention to. That's exactly right. Is, you know, there, there's an opportunity cost to that. So, I mean, you you have to decide where to direct your focus and where to direct your lens. And as a leader, managing an organization or leading an organization, you have to direct 
where your organization is going to focus, where your teams are going to focus. And of course, here on Crack the Customer Code, we hope that is going to be your customer. There you go. There you go. Well said. Booyah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, excellent. Well, that's a a great place to uh, wrap it up, I think, because we know that your attention is valuable. So thank you so much for listening to Crack the Customer Code. If you haven't yet subscribed, what are you waiting for? Our subscribers get newly released episodes immediately and our undying gratitude and attention. There you go. (laughs) Crack the Customer Code is a proud member of C-Suite Radio. Be sure to check out all the great business content at c-suiteradio.com and c-suitetv.com. I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can learn more about me and our trademarked customer experience investigation process and more at experienceinvestigators.com. And I'm Adam Tapork, and if you want to get more of my attention, <laughs> you can learn about our customer service workshops and training and connect with me at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.